the driven women's guide to love, life, and business. Hosted by the boss ladies, Alex, Denise, and Gabby. Combined, their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity. Their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Amazing. Another episode of Girls Gone Boss. My girls are here. I'm Gabby. I'm Alex. I'm Denise. I am so glad to have our guest today, my girl who I love a lot. Romina is the proud founder and owner of Imagine It Media, a boutique PR and marketing firm with its foundation in music, entertainment, and lifestyle PR. The agency has handled a range of personalities, artists, actors, and corporate clients. The company provides and curates extensive press and media strategies for artists and is dedicated to developing and executing comprehensive public relation campaigns to increase their visibility in both the Latin and U.S. Hispanic and mainstream media markets. Her current clients include international DJ Steve Aoki, Jackie Cruz from Netflix's hit show Orange is a New Black, and a long list of your favorite Latin music stars today. Welcome to Girls Gone Boss, Romy. Hey. Welcome, Romy. Welcome. We have to cheers. We have to cheers. Look at that. Cheers, girls. Cheers. We're drinking wine, by the way. It's National Rosé Day. We're not drinking rosé, yes, but, no. Close but in honor of the rosé. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Our Welcome. mics are rosé. Yes, yeah, all pink, everything. Yeah. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, like I said, Romina's one of my girls for a very long time. I've known her in the business since the very beginning, right, Romina? Well, it's been like, mm, let's see, I've been here 10 years already. You think? Yeah. <gasps> Can you believe it? Yes. Are you this not is... originally from Miami? I am. I'm from oh, Miami. Okay. Um, But uh, when I was 20, I moved to LA and was there 11, almost 12 years. And then, and I made my way back. Wow. Yeah, America. tell us about your here. start in your career. Um, well, my career actually my um my career actually started in fashion. I was a fashion merchandiser for um sunglasses and accessories at Sunglass Hut Corporate, which was based out of Miami. After 9/11, they um sold to Luxottica, who owns Lens Crafters. And so, um, you know, I was 20 and I was like, I'm not moving to Cincinnati. Like, I went over there and it was just not like, I wasn't feeling it. No, there's nothing there. <laughs> um, you know, I was like going crazy on the South Beach parties. And so I was like, uh, that's not going to work for me. And I'll take my severance package. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, um, so I met with a headhunter and I ended up in L.A. I worked with um, a bunch of, you know, uh, design, um, fashion retailers, BCBG, uh, guests, men's, um, a Art and B and Wet Seal, which at the time were like happening. Super popping. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and then I ended up in PR, um, in music PR. I, um, I had some friends in common with a, a big heavy hitter publicist that has been around for 40, 50 years, Diana Barron. Uh, and she, you know, we met her, I met her by chance. We totally hit it off. I told her I was miserable, uh, working in, in the fashion industry. And she said, okay, well come work for me. So that's how I got my start in PR. In LA. In LA. So I worked for her and, uh, with her, I, I, you know, I started out, she, she's also across the board in terms of, um, her client roster and diversity. So I guess maybe I got that from her, the, the love of, uh, working diverse markets, because with her, I worked urban artists, I worked pop artists, I worked country artists. You know, I worked Leanne Rhymes, Alan Jackson. It was crazy. I worked JoJo. Um, I JoJo. Worked, yeah. We were just yeah. talking about JoJo. I met JoJo in LA. She's yeah. super nice. I What's up with JoJo? She's, uh, you know, I mean, she's just trying to make it. I know that, uh, you know, she's... She's an amazing voice. She is, you know. She's just really never been able to bounce back from the teen thing. And it's, it's, a, it's a tough space for artists when they, like, you know, break out big in the teen scene and then something happens and that dies down. Down and they try to like come back yeah. in adulthood. Um, and she really, you know, uh, you know, it, it, it all happened fast for her. And, you know, she had a mom manager that was very intense and, and, you know, a little bit difficult to work with, which is usually the case when moms are involved. So um, that and being dropped from a label and, you know, these things happen. And so I think she's, you know, she's out there. She's doing her music. I hear some of the stuff that she's doing. Um, but yeah, so I worked her. In her prime, Leanne Rhymes, Alan Jackson, the underdogs who were really big producers at the time. Um, and uh, and then I worked on the Spanish side a little bit with Alejandro Sanz, Julieta Venegas and the rest of the of the Latin uh, uh, um, roster at Diana's firm. And then uh, what happened was I had 
started making my own friends in LA and I started hanging out in the young Hollywood scene and more in the entertainment uh, and rock side of things, you know, Lindsay Lohan's, Paris Hilton's, all that stuff. And I ended up really loving entertainment PR and Diana felt that I was kind of straying from my love of like music PR to that. So I just, I was like, okay, I'm going to do my thing and go do entertainment PR. So I shifted. So um, at that time, events and like um, experiential marketing was like really big because the budgets were so big. This is before the economy crashed. So, you know, I was making really good money. Uh, I worked at a couple of firms, made some really good friends. And then I started getting back into the music side, but more on the genres that I love, like rock and, you know, hip hop and all that stuff. So... Yeah, Romy is my hip hop yeah, girl yeah. too. Yes, so she had a '90s party for her birthday <laughs> just recently. Yeah, my 40th, and I won yeah. the contest. Can yeah, you tell oh them? You always win. Hello, Gabby went to my party dressed like um, the brat, the brat. The brat. Even though everybody else thought I was like Chris Whoa. Cross. No, I was the cross. I was crisscross, but everybody thought I was the brat. That's what it was. Okay, well, she looked like I don't like. It was like she they pulled her hair backwards. It was recently. Yeah. It was not so long ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Had the pants was really good. Had the, <laughs> oh the my god, she, she slayed it. She killed it. She had the Tim's it. It on. Awesome. I went to the like Goodwill to go find those big <laughs> I ass know, pants. You did good. <laughs> you did good. That was, no, fun. was funny. Yeah, no. So you know. Um, so then, yeah. When I came back to Miami, I um, the market here was was predominantly like the strong PR and the hubs down here were Latin. So I really didn't have plans to stay. Excuse me. I, um, I came down here to get over a breakup and to like get away from LA. It was just being a little bit toxic for me at the time. So I said, I'm going home for the holidays. I'm going to crash at my mom's house for a few months. I put my stuff in storage. And then I came down here and in those three months, I met my husband. I was offered a job to stay. So I see See, everything happens just at the right time. Right. Timing and alignment was was uh, was on point. And that's so how for I'm some here. of our listeners that quite don't know what a publicist or an entertainment publicist does, what is it? What is the role of a publicist? What does it entail? So, yeah. you know, publicity has many faces, but really it, it's it's pretty self-explanatory because it's, um, you know, when you have a publicist, what a publicist's main job to do is um, is to manage the artists or the talents or the brands, um, public relations and their image in the media. Uh, so, you know, uh, what we do is we, you know, we build campaigns, we meet with the artists or the talent or the brand and say, what are your goals? What are we doing? What's the timeline looking like? And they're like, Hey, you know, we're going to, we have an album coming out. We have a tour coming out. I have a new product coming out. We're opening this restaurant. So depending on, you know, obviously who, who the client is, but really is to manage image, uh, relationships with the media and to produce, uh, you know, favorable, uh, press and, and, and media, um, for the talent, for the, for their image or whatever they're pushing. And at what point is appropriate for an artist or a company to seek publicity? Because for instance, I was telling the girls, like when I had um, Alma May, remember, I seek some publicity in the beginning where we, I thought it was, we wasted kind of money on it. We went with someone that, it was a high retainer. And sometimes it's just not, feasible in the beginning stages of a company or an artist or an entity. So when is the right time to seek it? It's a common mistake. Um, okay. It all depends on the budget and how wide your, your launch is going to be. Right. So if you're a big brand, um, let's say you're Levi's and Levi's now is going to launch, let's say, I don't know, like organic jeans made from like cotton that's like sustainable for like 150, I don't know, like some crazy situation like that, right? Um, that's a big company that already has a big financial backing. So they will begin uh, the press part of things. It would be recommended, you know, six months out and so forth and so on to announce the product, to roll it out, to campaign the, you know, the uh, availability online and on stores or whatever, right? But when you're an artist or when you're a brand like you were with Alma May, who, you know, you don't have a financial backing, this is a startup. Um, it's really about like building the brand and building the artist to the point where um, there's some notoriety, there's some buzz happening 
Because what happens is a lot of the times in the artists, you know, they'll spend like, they'll have like a $50,000 budget. And then what they'll do is they'll go and they'll spend the entire budget in like four months. Mm-hmm. And nothing's happening. So, and because it's too preliminary, like we don't know if the song is going to do great. You don't know if the product is going to sell. So unless you have like a big, you know, bank account or investment or investors backing, it's really not smart to do it so preliminary. A lot of the times I tell artists, what happens? Like you have a budget to pay me for five months, but then what happens after? Do you have a budget to work a second single? Because what happens if the first single did great and they're ready to put something else out, but you don't have the budget to do that all over again. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I think um, the timing really depends and it's on a a case-by-case basis. But what I can recommend to artists who are um, in development and who are beginning or brands, you know, like take a step back, you know, take some meetings for sure uh, and, and, and really strategize and say, okay, our first four or six months, we're going to do this without PR or just maybe like pay to have a press release service uh, announcing your brand or announcing the single release or announcing your tour or whatever it is and then roll out, right? And see how it's going. By phases. Yeah, exactly. And let it be organic. Let's see what what um, what interaction you're getting, uh, what feedback you're getting from your fans on social. Like the good thing about right now is just that with the social media platforms, it's om- it's uh, not just like on the streaming side, but it's analytics. Like if you don't have engagement in social, if you don't have engagement like on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat, or, you know, your streaming services, then that's like giving, that should give you, uh, you know, a red flag that like, hey, let's move on to another single. Let's push out another product mm-hmm. because like, There's if no it's engagement. not moving, why would you hire PR? PR is not going to make that any better. So if you hire a firm, you can also do like a la carte services? You can absolutely do a la carte services. But I will tell you, no PR firm is ever going to tell you, oh, yes, just let's do a la carte services. They won't right. They'll try to sell what you. They're gonna, what they're going to do is they're going to tell you that you need it, that they can promise. And I mean, don't take the bait. It's like typical PR. So it's a misconception. I feel people think PR is automatically, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. popping because I have, right. I was on this show or I got this, mm-hmm. this like print, like magazine talking about me. But really, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about revenue and sales and what you're doing and what your product is, is generating. Right. And, at the end and of it the goes day, hand in hand. It's in tandem with like PR exactly. and marketing. I mean, That's it's what just I'm saying. the same umbrella. At the end but of at the end of the day, if there's no traction and no movement, yeah. you should know better, right? Yeah, like, you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the time, I mean, you know, I'll be approached and they're like, oh, hey, no, you know, I've got this investor. They've got half a million dollars. Like we're going in and I'm just like, the product is not good. And yeah. I really honestly. And like, you are honest I'm at a to point in my team. life, I always, I always. Uh, maybe in my 20s, I wasn't so much. You know? Well, you don't want to also exert you all know, of but your. But I was also, I mean, now I'm, you know, a veteran in my industry. And 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 um, I'm a veteran in in, uh, in my industry. And I, and I acknowledge that, you know, when you're younger and you're greener and you're hungry and you're just like, okay, I want seven clients on my roster. Like yeah. for me, it's quality versus quantity. quantity. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, then like the revenue will come. It always comes. Um, but I'd rather work something that I truly yeah. believe in. And it's true because she's, I mean, I've recommended her some stuff and she's like, you know, at the end of the day, like I, it really yeah, just needs thank to. thank you, but I just don't feel that yeah. this is a good fit. And, you know, I'm that's awesome. publicist may feel different, but I, I, that's just not how I roll because I feel at the end of the day, I really don't ever want a client or an ex-client to say, you know, I paid her all this money and nothing happened. Like, and I also really, when I meet with prospective clients, I'm super realistic. And I say to them, like, you know, I under promise and over deliver. That's my motto. Cause I also, you know, let them know, let's manage expectations. Cause if you're expecting to be on national TV, doing morning TV after two months of, you know, like being out, being in the market, developing an artist sometimes takes Takes five years. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't work more than that that sometimes. Yeah. And you know, yes, we have relationships where we can get you on TV, but do you really want to do that with the product that is not appropriate or like ready? I rather you go out there with a banger and with a hit versus like me pulling a favor and getting you on just to make you happy. Like it's like, it's like short term goals. No, I work on a long term goal mentality 
Um, and, you know, and I don't know, I mean, that's always been me. I worked at Bath and Body Works when I was 15 years old and, um, I, I'll never forget my manager. So like everybody would sell country apple and sun ripe and raspberry till the cows came home. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone was like, oh, we're sold out. We're sold out. And I always put sea spray cause that was my favorite smell. <laughs> and my manager would be like, you're the only one who sells sea spray. And I'm like, dude, cause that's what I like. So, you know, I've always been like, if you love something, I can sell like, listen, in PR, we can sell ice to an Eskimo. We got that. But like, it feels much better for me to sell a product that I love and I can get behind. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And yeah, sometimes when authentic. I go to a label and I'm meeting with marketing managers and they're playing the new song or the artist and their management, I'm like, you know, I say what I need to say. Like, can we listen to another track? Like, what, what else do we have coming on the pipeline? Maybe, you know, it's not the right time for this song. And, you know, sometimes I get grins and sometimes I say, hey, thanks for your honesty. And sometimes like I get, you know, I get like evil eyed, <laughs> but you know, I just feel that, I don't know. I You have to be honest. I, I feel better and I go to sleep at night with a clean conscience when I function this way. But when you, okay, but obviously once you do have the right timing to get PR, it is proven that it does elevate artists and Absolutely. companies. It's can image. you show us some, yeah, or can you explain to us some of the examples of when it does, it's the right time and it does elevate and it gets you to that next level? I will. I can use um, my last, I have a client, a uh, Colombian client. Her name is Martina La Peligrosa. Uh, she is, immeasurable immeasurable talent she's beautiful she's the triple like she's the real deal she she's really like gorgeous she's beautiful her personality is amazing she can dance her ass off and she can sing like it goes without a doubt that this woman is like you know a, a, a diamond um and she's very popular in colombia and i was hired uh, uh on uh, as her publicist in the states uh last year uh, to campaign for a Latin Grammy nomination, mm -hmm. right? So she had not been brought to the U.S. The media in the U.S. was not exposed to her, but because of her social media numbers were strong and everything she's done in Colombia, um, we were able to package her and do a really good, She, uh, you know, her, her music was um, submitted for a Latin Grammy uh, consideration. And so what we did, we strategized a campaign to really put her in the public's eye, meaning committee members, who, voting members of, of the Latin Recording Academy, uh, meaning we did like a really big press run in, 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 the, in Miami, we did it in New York, we did it in LA. And um, we were able to secure some really strong looks. She was the first Latina artist to do a Billboard Live performance at Billboard Studios in New York. And, you know, that really helped position her for the voting and she ended up getting a, a Latin Grammy nomination last Perfect. year. Perfect, congrats. So that is a good example. Um, I'm about to do that with another artist now from Spain. He's a Spanish rapper. Oh yeah? Who? Yeah. Si Tangana. Mm, I haven't heard. Si Tangana. Si Tangana. Okay. He was at LAMC uh, conference in New York last year. He's really big in, in um, Spain. Is he from Madrid? Yes. Okay. And he signed to Sony nice. in Spain. Okay, good. So we're kind of doing the same thing with him. You know, I'm bringing him over here in the next, um, you know, 60 days to really campaign, to position him um, uh, and, and, get, and get some strong press, some strong looks for him so that, you know, all of that is important because when you push that out and the media outlets push those interviews and those acoustic performances and all of that out, the voting members are looking you know, yeah. that's when it's they're like very active, yeah. visibility. And so, uh, you know, in a situation like that, it's important, right? Um, or uh, let's say... But that was very strategic in a sense, right? Yeah, of course. But but pa major part of that, I mean, listen, her her management, her label, and, and the rest of her team, they really have credited me with that nomination and was like... Uh, um, I really wasn't expecting it. You know what I'm saying? I think it was part of like a whole strategy. But in reality, I I, I guess I did you do all the You spearheaded it. I spearheaded that. Take that credit, girl. <laughs> I think that sometimes as women, we don't. No, I mean, yeah, I guess. I don't, I don't like to be in the limelight in that way. And in my line of work, it is super rare. Believe you me, in the 17 years that I've been doing this, it's really rare when you get recognized for your work. Um, well, this is why you're here. We're oh, recognizing thanks. you for your work. Exactly. Everyone will know 
about Imagine It Media hey. and Romy. Uh-huh. So there you go. This is your chance. Thanks, man. So yeah, and no, and then another thing, which is great, is obviously there's advantages, and then there's also um, ways that PR firms also manage crisis, right? There's yeah. sometimes PR I mean fires. crisis management. Okay, so crisis management is is um, is a quick fire challenge, right? Um, many many. I haven't had a lot of crisis management thankfully, to do, right? thankfully. But I, uh, two that really stand with me was, um, I used to work Los Lonely Boys. Do you guys remember yes, that? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So one of the members of Los Lonely Boys um, had a track record for being uh, abusive to his wife. And um, it was like the day they were nominated for a Grammy. And I think it was like the day before Grammys or the day before he was supposed to get on a plane to go to the Grammys. This guy was arrested for beating up his wife. And basically, like, we got a call at, you know, four in the morning. And it was, like, quick fire. We needed to come up with a statement. We needed to, like, shut him up and not, like... Back in those days, thank God, there was... Social media was nothing, like... I think it was just MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) Like in 2003, 2004. Yeah. So, um, you know, so, so... and and it was really my first time dealing with like crisis management. Wow. I was working with Diana Barron and, um, you know, this was, I think, one of the first accounts that she had put me to work with her directly. So basically I was one of the account managers um, and, it, you know, it was it was like scary. You know, she, I you know, I got a, a thing on my Blackberry and. We had to come up with a statement and then it had to be sent to attorneys. And really, so crisis management is all about like managing the situation um, before you you stick your foot deeper in the mud. Right. And right now, the way that that um, technology and social media has really changed, you know, it a publicist's job right now is a lot more intense because we have to monitor all the time what's going on. Because everything is so quick and it gets to social media. Exactly. Like, like, you know, and I'm a little bit hot-headed. So sometimes I've learned in my 40 years of age. She looks fantastic, <laughs> by the way. I've learned with in my her 40. leopard dress oh, hey. and Gucci, and Gucci bag. bag. <laughs> we have to let the, vi- the visuals happen so yeah, that the okay. listeners know how fab you are. Okay. Yeah. I just came from a kid's birthday party, but we'll get into <laughs> We'll get into Chloe later. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, now it's different because now, uh, you know, I'm hot-headed, right? And had I been in my 20s the way that social media is now, I would be getting myself in trouble a thousand times more. And that's what happens with artists. You know, they're under the influence. They are hot-headed. They have tempers. They have egos. They send out tweets they shouldn't. Exactly. So what happens is they before shouldn't. a publicist can call you and say, hey, dude, Relax. what happened? Oh, yeah. Put so everything down, down. Talk to me. Talk to your lawyer. <laughs> talk to managers. <laughs> talk to your wife. Like, it, they react. Or someone else caught it on video or someone else recorded it or took a picture. And then it's like you wake up in the morning and all of a sudden you're Surprise. going through a series of events yeah. versus just like the one thing that happened. Then it's like somebody returned and then somebody is saying, oh, I was there. This is what I saw. And it's just like it like it like um, catapults uh, and, and into an avalanche. And it's like really scary. So crisis management right now is really tough. And all I can say to anybody in my industry that's working crisis management is act fast. Like the second that something happens, like take control of your client's social media, um, you know, and put them into hiding, so to speak. But how do you deal with like like a client that's difficult that that you're you're working or do you take them or do not take them? Because, you know, they're difficult with the personality and they probably don't listen. Well, don't you do like like a not a seminar, but like a like a media training? Yes. Media training. We do media training with a newer artist, but with a weathered artist, we don't have that luxury. If you if you say to, you know, uh, a successful artist or an artist who has been around for a long time, Uh, or veteran in their field, you know, they have their ways of being, their management is going to handle it because really, honestly, it should be publicist and management that handles the crisis. A lot of the times uh, management will be like, you deal with it. And a lot of times management will be like, 
can you help us? Like, what do we do? But media training, usually when an artist is in development, mm -hmm. after one first, when I sign a client, I meet with them and I assess the situation. Yeah. We do like a mock interview and I, and I assess whether I feel that they would need it. Um, and then we, you know, we recommend it to the client's management or to the client directly. Hey, we would love to set up a media training with you. We think it'll benefit. And in that media training, we deal with crisis management. And the media training, uh, basically is just um, training them in like doing interviews and how to speak, how to deal with a question that is going to make you uncomfortable or a question that you really would not like to be asked. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it happens a lot. There's things that are in an artist's past or um, that are like their first hit 15 years ago. This is for a weathered artist Yeah, who, you know, that was like the, the song that made them And they like to talk about it. Like Britney Spears, like, and oops, like, I did it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, she doesn't want to talk about that. that was she, like, I know she on. doesn't want to talk about it. And, you know, you would hope that media understands that, you know, she's talked about it a million times, yeah. right? But sometimes media will bring it up and say, like, let's just do a retrospect, right? Like, let's go back. Like, how are you dealing with your 10th Grammy versus your first? And like, what was that feeling? And a lot of times artists don't want to go there. And it's just like... Well, that's also part of the publicist's job is to also pitch the angle of the interview and we to do control before, that interview. But, yeah. but media is... Um, Nikki sometimes. They yeah. are fresh <laughs> and they, you know, uh, and sometimes it's better not to uh, flag them Not right, to, because to then ask, they'll bring it up. Because then that that like that tests it's ammunition their, for them. Yeah. Exactly, it tests them, and then they're like in a headspace where they're like, "Well, screw that. Now I'm going to ask it just because you told me not to." Exactly, you know? Yeah. So I really try to steer clear of that. Um, and sometimes in person, if I'm doing a press junket, I'll tell the uh, the um, the media, you know, hey. Like right before they're going in, so blah, 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 this is the album release, it comes out this date, this is the first single, it has 20 million views in 10 days, in two days or whatever. We give them the talking points. Um, and then like right before they're going, I'll be like, just because their headspace is preparing for the interview, I'll throw in and hey, you know, like that thing that happened, like we only have three minutes, so like let's not focus on that. Thank you. Like a little yeah. pat in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and it works for me, but I really try not to disclose on email. Um, just because that gives them a lot of time to like simmer. Oh yeah. And I don't want to do that. I don't want anyone to simmer with something that they shouldn't be talking about. You exactly. know, exactly. Yeah. That's so true. So in media training, going back and then maybe like closing out this part is just that, um, you would prepare the artist to spin the question. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I used to work with Prince Royce on the digital side and he hated when they asked him if he had a girlfriend for like many years. But his his tactic was like, oh, y'all are my girlfriends, all my fans. I love them. And that was part of the media yeah. training. And that, yeah. yeah. And that was like really cute because he, you know, it was his thing. He spun it his way and like his little smile and everyone yeah. would be okay with that answer and not really push that, you know, he didn't acknowledge he had a girlfriend for so many years when he did. So it's those kinds of things um, that, that are important uh, for you to convey to your clients uh, to deal with you know, with, uh, with crisis management or answering, answering questions that they don't really want to answer and all of that. Well, I think um, the versatility of Imaginate Media is the fact that you live in both worlds, of both markets. You work with um, artists and clients that are kind of in different markets, which would be the U.S. Hispanic and also the general market. Can you explain the differences between both markets? <laughs> Night and um, day. Are they very, are they very different? <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, they're not. But uh, the Latin space, I had to learn really quickly, uh, works on a more last minute, fly by the seat of your pants, like everything changes one minute. Oh, like yeah. It's, it's like, not organized. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then um, in the general market, it was very structured, very organized. You follow timelines. If something needed to change, everybody was on copy. You knew. You know, um, and in the Hispanic market, that doesn't really happen unless it's like a corporate client. Like, you know, I work with um, Colgate and I work with CoverGirl and I've worked with Johnny Walker and a bunch of other brands who I've heard, um, who I've worked on campaigns with. Uh, also Hennessy and Remy Martin. Uh, and it's more of like a, you know, a strategic, everybody's on copy. If like one thing, uh, one part of the puzzle is moving, you are made aware. Yeah. In the Latin market, you're working towards this part, right? 
And when you should have been told like five pieces of the puzzle back, oh, well, that direction of the puzzle is changing. You're already like almost finished making the puzzle. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's going to the left instead of forward. And you're like, oh, my God, I just did two weeks of work and this is not happening anymore. So it's those kinds of things. And I don't I don't really know why. But it's it a just culture. Is. It's it's you know, it's last minute changes or like or a label, a client, an artist, a brand coming to me last minute and saying, Hey, so we scrapped that entire <laughs> strategy. Uh, that's not the single that we're going to go out with. Uh, this is the single. They just did a collaboration with so-and-so, and this is what we're going out with. We have two weeks to put it together. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is that you work with general market artists, and then you bring it into the U.S. Hispanic, right. or that, vice versa, right? Yeah, that's kind of become my niche, uh, and I really love it because I, um, I really love... Being Latina, I you know I own it. I'm proud. Where of are you my from? I'm from Chile. Chile. <laughs> I don't talk like a Chilena. I know. Chilena. No. <laughs> um, everyone's like, you're like Bro- Brooklyn, Bronx. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Puerto Rican, Cuban. Uh, but no, I'm from Chile. I was there till I was four, and then we moved to Miami, to the states. So I've been here since. Um, but yeah, no, that's kind of become my niche, and I really, you know, I love being a Latina. Um, I love uh, the culture. I love the warmth. I'm super amorosa. I love, you know, I'm loving. I, I'm, uh, I, I like to embrace. I'm a hugger and a kisser, and you know, I'm, I call everybody babe, boo, all of that, and you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, you know, but but I really, I'm a lover of. I, my music of choice and my genres of choice are, you know, rock and roll and classic rock and, you know, old school hip hop. And I really like, I, I, I listen to Latin music, but I think more just because of the space that I work in. Um, but I, I like, I don't necessarily, I listen to so much other things. Uh, and I really love like 1940s music and 1920s. I'm just really, really eclectic. Oh, that's good. And so for me, it's um, a labor of love that I can uh, work both things and like change it up. Yeah. Are you seeing a lot more collaborations um, and crossovers between both markets yeah. now more than ever before? No, I mean, in the 2000s, in the Ricky Martin Shakira era, like that was happening a lot. But the music industry has really changed. And, you know, Gabby can can attest to that uh, as well, that, uh, you know, now it's like everybody's collaborating. It's inviting now to everyone. Exactly. Yeah. That's like what everybody wants to do. So half of your record is collabos now, you know. Um, and Because it became a singles business now, too. Exactly. It changed the whole right. spectrum of the way the business was run. Um, and I think collaborations are like just normal now. But before when um, artists in the Latin business were trying to collaborate with Anglo artists, it was it like was unheard not, of. Right, exactly. It was, they it was like, like, we're like they look no down things, upon right. it. And now it's more like they're coming to us. Because they yeah, just saw no interest. Hot. I think after the election um, and all of that, I mean, not to bring politics into the mix, but I really think that that really uh, made it clear that Hispanics, although a minority... Uh, we are a majority. Yeah, we have so to presence. speak, and our influence we have a presence means now. a lot. Yeah. Like you know, and a consumer level too. I mean, we're that's buying. what I'm saying. Exactly, yeah. we're con- you're consuming, and now you know now it's becoming less of a uh, Hispanic and more of like a Latinx thing or a millennial thing, where we are Latino and we embrace it and we speak Spanish to our family and we jam out to the music during holidays and all of that, but we consume general market product right so um and we watch general market television so it they need the general market needs us to that consumer to supplement the numbers exactly Uh uh-huh yeah even like now this is a streaming world like to get extra streams you need latin america you need the u.s hispanic market to consume so um but the beautiful thing is that you work both and then you are able to work with superstar steve yogi and bringing him into the limelight onto the Hispanic market. Oh, that's right. He and collaborated that's with huge. Latin. Yeah. yeah. So S- Steve has been a really fun client to work with. Um, I'm actually going to see him tonight. There's a show here in Miami at AAA. I met him before. And I love him. He's oh, so he down to earth. He is a stellar guy. Yeah, he's really um, nice. Just, uh, there's nothing bad I can tell you. I mean, not that I would ever. <laughs> but but honestly, if, you know, I, I, I'm... I, I own it. Uh, you know, a lot of clients that I work with have some difficult 
scenarios that you know I deal with on a day-to-day basis but I really have nothing bad to say about Steve except that it makes me angry that he doesn't rest enough oh yeah he's always because he is a workaholic to the core he's a truly stellar guy he's a family man he you know gives back to his community and he is an embracing human being like He's a lover and that channels through his music, his friendships, his, you know, relationships with fans and all of that. And it really has been so much fun to work with him. So when they, when his camp hit me up and said, hey, we're looking for, you know, a publicist in the um, USH space, which is US Hispanic. Uh, they were like, you know, he, he's, he really wants to start building this community. He's got some stuff going on. Let's tell you about it. And I was so excited because I really didn't think. I was excited and I was like, okay, this is amazing because the Latinos don't know Steve Aoki. They don't, yeah. But they did. The music, yeah. Everybody yeah. knew. You know, it's hard for an EDM guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's global. And, um, and this is my second client in the EDM space. But... It was like amazing because everybody that I pitched was like, oh, my God, I love Steve. And I can't believe that he's doing Spanish music <laughs> yeah. now with Teddy Yankee and Elvis Crespo. This is amazing. And playing skills. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to play. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So it was really amazing and cool. And um, and it's been super fun. And Steve is a networker and a half. Like you put him in a room and he will work the room. He's charming. Yeah. Because he loves to like talk to people and connect. So, you know, he has made friends with almost every Latin artist since I've been working with him. Yeah, I saw him with J Balvin. Oh my God. He's amazing friends with J Balvin. He made friends with Maluma. He's, he's putting something out with Nikki Jam. Wow. Can't wait. Can't yes. wait. Yes. <laughs> and the next the next uh, track is with Nikki Jam. Yes. Wow. Is this an exclusive? Are you giving us an exclusive? Oh, little gem. No, they said it on social at Latin Billboards. They, uh, let's pretend. Okay. Like, just let's highlight pretend. It. Just, uh, yeah, yeah. just highlighting it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and he's really, he is influenced. He's influenced by the warmth of the culture. He's influenced by um, the beats that he's been playing for so many years because he's been playing Latin music for since he started his career. But he never and he had done some remixes, but he never had put out one of his songs yeah. and it'd be like a full collaboration. Yeah. So um, so it's really awesome. And, you know, even though there's a language barrier because Steve doesn't not speak he's Japanese, <laughs> <laughs> he can say hola and he calls him and they call him Esteban Aoki. Esteban Aoki. <laughs> in Latam. So he knows how to say yo soy Esteban Ayoki and he knows how to say Asukita. So he uses Esteban? Yeah. Like when <laughs> he's so like playing on stage like you know he'll be like yo soy Esteban Ayoki and <laughs> the crowd so goes funny. crazy so it's like a joke. So now like Nicky Jam calls him Esteban and, yeah. and Daddy Yankee. You know? And do you know where this cake thing came from like where he like throws the cakes it's like is that something that just was like you know He's, he let's said go it like, wild. Yeah, I think it was like one fan that asked and then, um, or it was somebody's birthday and they did it and then like it just it became, became a thing. thing. And so now like on his rider is 10 cakes. Really? <laughs> I just know that. Throw them out at he top. throws them out at people's faces too, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, they're like, they make signs and they're like, cake me. They want to be like caked in the, f- it's insanity. Like, so he orders 10 cakes to, so, to yes, cake exactly. ten, 10 people. So so That's he throws incredible. 10 cakes and he's done it so many times that, that <laughs> three months ago he had to have a rotator cuff surgery on his shoulder because he swung so many that cakes. That cakes are too heavy. So Steve has... They need, a, he needs a they need to have organic cakes up in that bitch. No, a little pie. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Steve has um, the world... Um, he's He holds the Guinness World Book of Records for most uh, uh, shows in a year. For 366 shows in one year. That's crazy. Um, Such a workaholic. Yes, because sometimes he plays two, three shows in one day. You know what I'm he saying? He works every day of his life. Almost. Wow. So so imagine throwing that many cakes. Like his shoulder was like shot. He gave so out. He had to have, <laughs> he's yeah. 40 now. So it's wow. like, come on. Always, he's yeah, 40? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I met him 10 Asian years ago. Asian don't crack either. No. I met him wow. 10 years ago. And his hair is like virgin baby hair. I'm like, oh. and he has no grays? No, not that I know. I don't think so. I mean, wow. he does, he gets it. But what I'm saying is his hair is like thin and yeah, super soft. Asian hair, girl. He does, oh my God. I'm, I, every time I see him, I'm like petting baby his hair, hair the whole time because yeah. I love it. 
So, I mean, okay, aside from Aoki, that's a really proud moment for you. Yeah. Any other proud moments that where we can be like, man, I'm so proud of this? Um, okay, so for me was also um, when I, I work with Hothead Drexler and three years ago he took, um, he was nominated for record among many other um, you know, he's an Oscar winning artist, Grammy winning artist. He's more of like in an indie space. Uh, um, Great songwriter. He's an amazing songwriter. He's just really a musical genius. And he was nominated for a few categories that year, but he was nominated for a record of the year against Residente, Enrique Iglesias and all of that stuff. And like he was the underdog and we were like getting ready to like, leave yeah you're like this the is venue it. yeah and we because we were like okay whatever blah, blah, blah this is the last nomination so he's sitting there no big deal like as soon as like they announced like everyone was like let's go and I was back there with um some of Gabby's uh work colleagues and we're like watching the tv and we're like talking and when they said Jorge Drexler like nobody believed it because he was the complete underdog wow um and That's that awesome. was really a proud moment because I was a I worked on on that um campaign so for me you know those things are like Rewarding. It's yeah. like your biggest accolade that you can have as an artist. So to be a part of that is beautiful. But um, but for me, really, like one of my biggest milestones in my career has been to be able to cross an artist over into a space that they are not necessarily um, known or a household name. And, you know, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of convincing. It takes a lot of um, grit. strategizing and a lot of grit and perseverance you know yeah. a lot of the times they'll like tell me no 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 thank you I mean it happened to me too with um Sky from LMFAO mm-hmm. a few years back he did a, a song with Wilmer Valderrama Sensato and Rick Rude and the song was called Salute and everybody knows Sky from LMFAO you know party rock anthem all that jazz blah 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 and um but in the Latin space they, they were not being like and even with Wilmer in the picture, yeah. it was tough for me to sell. And I had to really push and persevere. And then like when I showed them the product in person or we showed them like the video and all of that. And it was like how, you know, I had to take meetings. But then everyone was like all of a sudden from one second to another changed their mind and was like behind it. Yeah. But that takes a lot of work, you know, and it's sometimes it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. Um, with this case, it wasn't that easy. And then after I feel like I really like shoved it in everyone's mouth for like three weeks yeah, <laughs> that they had no choice but to really open the email, you know, or like open the, the link and listen to the song or watch the video. Cause a lot of the times they'll just read and they'll be like, no. Okay. Next. Right. You know, cause it wasn't a recognizable And I really was them. able to get this guy on every national wow. TV. You did. I remember they had Everything. a lot of TV. They looks. even did Nuestra Valleza Latina. They, they did, did Mira, Mira Que Baila. Baila. Wow. They did every carpet. They did Despierta America, Un Nuevo Día. I, I mean, they did everything. There was nothing left for me to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you go, girl. Yeah, that is a proud awful. achievement. Good so job. It was an, yeah. uh, it's those things. For me to be able to work in both spaces is one of my proudest achievements. And that's one of your fortes. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm Perfect. sure another achievement of yours is your beautiful daughter, oh, Chloe. Yeah. Chloe. She's so Coachella. cute. So as you're a working mom, how do you balance business and family? It's really tough. <laughs> And sometimes I want to like crash my face into a wall and be like, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) But then, you know, she turns around and gives you a hug or she tells you something that she did at school today or that she like told her teachers how she loves something that her mommy does or whatever. And then it all, it's like, I forget about the stress. I think a big factor for me has been, um, you know, I've been on my own for seven years now uh, in terms of working independently. And uh, my priorities really shifted uh, once I found love and got married. And I realized I was super career driven and I didn't care to travel a thousand times if I needed to. And I didn't care to be at a thousand events, you know. And I don't know if it was age or that I got married and fell in love. And I really just understood uh, the ba- that the beauty of having balance um, and, you know, it just, it clicked. And I just realized that, you know, um, that there's a time and a place for everything. And also at the same time that I got married, um, personal and handheld devices became a lot, a lot, like you could all of a sudden start doing everything from your device. So for me, that's a big thing. You know, I work on my own. I make my own times. Um, I'm available for my clients always, but 
they know and I always disclose. I don't ever hide that I'm a mom. I don't ever hide that I'm a family person. I don't hide that I don't like to travel. Um, obviously, you know, duty calls and when you've got to go, you've got to go. Um, but I try to steer clear and if there really is not a budget or if it's not necessary for me to be there, I try not to just because I don't I don't like to be away from Chloe and my family. But we balance, you know, I um, I get up at seven. I make myself a cup of coffee. I sit at my computer, you know, or on my device and I respond to emails Then I get my kid ready for school. I drop her off. I come back. I work 930 to like 2.30, pick her up. And then I kind of work from my device until about 5.30 till dinner time. Then, you know, Eddie takes over, my husband takes over. And it's kind of like that. And then I check in on my email and try to get like one last batch of things out at night after she's been bathed or whatever. And like she's settled and getting ready for bed. But, you know, you just make it work. It's balancing those priorities. I I take conference calls. I office out of home. Um, and I take conference calls from my car when <laughs> Chloe's there. And she, she's so brilliant. She talks to you like like a little. She's like an adult. adult. Yeah, it's she weird. does. It's like clearly so weird. <laughs> I love talking to her because she understands you. She's not like your regular yeah, toddler she's, at all. Well, she's not a toddler anymore, boo boo. What is she? She's five. That's no, not she, a toddler. Yeah, what do you consider toddlers? What I, would think I mean, no. I don't have kids, so I don't know what to call now them. Now she's officially a kid. Oh. <laughs> She grew into a kid. Okay. Now she's a kid. Oh, but she's adorable. No, but she's 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 very um elaborate and she questions and she asks and you know, like if we were sitting here, she'd be like, Why are all the mics pink? And where do you buy this? Yeah, and she would want to talk in it. And oh, you should have like, brought her. And where, uh, she would not have let go of the mic the yeah. entire time. She loves to sing. She's a Taurus. Yeah, oh, she's so a Taurus. Cute. Yeah, she just turned five. Um, but yeah, you know, I just, you make it work and, you know, again, um, I have a super supportive husband who's super hands-on and I, which is important, it's super important. And I really don't know how I would do it without him. Um, sometimes I, you know, I forget how supportive he is and, um, I wish that I could remember more to like thank him or do something special for him. I mean, you know, I'm good to my husband, but I feel that sometimes I should be a little better and remember how patient he is. Uh, you know, like when you leave we'll do for, it tonight. When you leave for ten days after Yoki, <laughs> get into some matching lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> That's been like kind of like the, 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 the ongoing theme, theme recently. <laughs> matching lingerie. Matching lingerie. Yeah. Me and who? <laughs> no, and no, matching top and bottom oh, for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, husband. wait, like Eddie, for, no. husband. <laughs> for you and your husband. No. I'm like, wait, uh, he's not gonna be into that. <laughs> he's so like manly. Yeah, he's manly man. He's not about any other. But it's cool that you've also inspired him because he just recently launched my like husband. an entrepreneurial project. Really? Exactly. Yes. What my is husband he doing? just left his job of 20 years uh, to pursue his uh, um, personal training and fitness and health coaching business. Oh, nice. Super scary. You have to know that you are, you took a part in that. No, I know. And, you know, and he's just, you know, 20 years to be in a business is a long time. Uh, luckily in my line of work, we move through things fast. You know, there's a new record release, a new tour, new clients. Yeah, it always feels fresh. New brand or a new launch and then it moves, you know, it's ongoing. But his job was very stagnant and he was there 20 years and I don't, I don't know how he would do it. Like that would not work for me. So, you know, he wasn't coming home happy and, I want him to be happy because he deserves that much. He's happy at home and miserable at work and you're at work so so much. And I think day. for a man, that's so important. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm super supporting what we're doing and hopefully we can, you know, open our own private gym within What's the, the name of it so you can tell our listeners? Oh, guys, yes. Please follow my husband the, at Theory of Evolution Fitness on Instagram and um, Facebook. He's got awesome uh, training packages. <laughs> Yes, you're his PR. Yes. Go ahead, girl. And uh, he's a really good guy. And he is. Eddie's dope. And he loves and he loves uh, this. He's a master of this craft, and I'm super happy that he's doing this. That's so amazing. Even with a follow, we will love you for it. Yes. <laughs> so, what do you wish for your daughter? You know, I wish for my daughter. Um, I wish for her to really see the world. You know, I grew up with a single mom. Um, and she worked two jobs and we didn't have money and I never traveled. Um, and you know, now with my line of work, it's been super cool because I've gotten to travel the world and see things that I didn't get to see in my childhood or teen years. And for me, 
I really want her to um, culture herself. I, that's like a goal of my husband's and I. You know, when she turns seven every year, we're going to go to a different country. I want her to grow up and really understand different cultures and feed her soul. Because for me, traveling is worth more almost like than an education. You know what I'm saying? What she's going to learn from seeing other cultures and traveling and experiencing those things is like there's it's priceless. So my goal for her is that my goal for her is um, that she grows up strong and strong willed like me. I'm a fighter. I'm a hustler. I've been through really awful things in my life and I've persevered. And I'm so grateful to God for giving me that perseverance. And I really hope that that is in her blood and that she carries that on because, you know, life is not going to be easy and she's going to go through more heartbreak than happiness. And um, it's up to me and my husband to, you know, teach her that. Well, I think you both have been a great example. And yes. just to wrap it up, what's your vision for Imagine Media? I think it's just in the beginning stages of an absolute growth. You know what? My vision is to stay in uh, in the comfortable space that I'm in. Not so much. Um, I don't want to, you know, I don't aspire to have an agency with 25 employees and like 50 clients. Like that's just not what where my headspace is. I just want to continue to have my small boutique agency, um, have clients that really admire uh, my work ethic and what I can produce for them. And that, you know, God gives me health and, and prosperity to keep, you know, a healthy um, workflow going and so that I can still dedicate time to my family because that's my number one. That's beautiful. Priority. I love that. I love, I love that. Yeah. So where can people reach you? Um, you can follow me at All About Romy. That's my personal one. Uh, well, you see a lot of my daughters. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe. <laughs> and, um, and please follow my agency at Imaginate Media PR on Instagram and Facebook. That would be amazing. We just started. I just started rolling out socials like six months or four months ago. And I'm, I'm really trying to growing so far so good. So if you can hit that follow button, we would thank we you. We will. I think everyone yes. is inspired by your story. And thank any future publicists are going to take lots of gems from you. So thank yes. you so much for joining Always us. Always here. You. Thank you guys for having well, me. Of course. Yeah. Awesome. Yes, Sorry. you did amazing, bro. Yay. Thanks. <laughs> well, everyone, uh, be sure to follow us on all social media platforms for at Girls Gone Boss. And don't forget to review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Woo, woo. Till, Till next, next time. time Bye. You're listening to Girls Gone Boss. Hosted by Alex, Denise, and Gabby. Oh, yeah. I love you guys.